0: I love about you. My Decade in Radio by Polly James. So, welcome back to the 10 Things I Love About You, My Decade in Radio by Polly James, supported by Radio Today. Oh, it's about to get very geeky in here, that's for sure. It's the music radio episode. And I wanted to do this music episode because I wanted to find out more about this area in radio, which I think presenters like me think we do know a lot about, but actually we really don't. And I'm talking about from scheduling to music testing to radio pluggers to the A-list, the C-list. As I say, it does get very geeky, but it's very interesting, all right? Because for me, when you think about it, music schedulers are very important people. Firstly, they are, if you like responsible for the songs that we and our audience end up loving or hating. Um, it's those guys that will either put a song on the playlist or scrap it. But how does that all happen? How does it go down? Well, we're about to have a little nose with two very special guests who are clued up to their eyeballs when it comes to this type of thing. And I am buzzing that we've managed to all get together for this podcast because they really are great, real good people in the industry and chuff to call them my mates. We might have done this before um in a pub and because Cardiff City are on the brink of promotion it was really loud and therefore the audio quality was a little rubbish rookie era by me so we managed to find a quiet studio and talk all about things music on the radio secret Adele meetings gold discs a terrible music blunder when Princess Diana passed away and those all important questions that we as music DJs get asked can you play my brother's new song uh, he's in this new band why are you playing Ed Sheeran three times an hour do you get to pick the music for yourself well look here we go all of that gets answered right now in the music radio episode enjoy Take two! There we go. Let's well, see if this works. I know, let's see if this works. This is the music episode. I'm joined by two very special guests. Breeze presenter, also Celador's group new talent coordinator, Mark Franklin. Hi. Hi, babes. Hi. UK right? yeah. Also a very special friend, of course. And uh, my second special guest is Nation Broadcasting Group's programmer, Neil Greenslade. Have I got Hi. that right?
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. perfect. Got all right. <laughs> right all, but
0: yeah, So this is the, the music episode and we've had quite a bizarre, well, very sunny day in South Wales at the moment. Mm. Have you tweaked the playlist? Do
1: you know what? To, Every to, to bring, really to bring to everyone those Absolutely. summer songs? <laughs> you want to hear those summer yeah, songs? We
2: did. Yeah. did. you? Don Henley, Boys of Summer was yeah. on today. Was Cross
1: it? Summer <laughs> was Brian Adams, <laughs> Summer of 69, they're no, all there. not on the breeze. Oh, not on the breeze. No, no. On <laughs> Sam <nation>. FM, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, obviously, lovely to have you here. And I know that you've both worked in radio for many decades. Or you've met each other when you were 17, right, Mark?
2: I was 17, yes. And I met Neil. When I was young, when I was 17. Yeah, and I was about... Uh, 36.
1: 36. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was early 20s as well. Yeah, we were both in radio, different radio stations. You were at the BBC at that point, weren't you? I was, you?
2: BBC Local Radio. That's my first proper gig,
1: actually. Yeah, and when I was at, at GWR, GWR another radio station that's now Heart, but yeah.
0: Okay, so you both have had very interesting careers in the radio industry. You've, uh, you've seen it through many different levels, job titles, eras, in the nicest way, of course. Uh, you've seen, well, between both of you, the good, the bad and the ugly. Mark, let's start with you. Give us a little insight into your journey so far.
2: Uh, okay, so I started in BBC Local Radio, yep. uh, 1989. Blimey, me, just saying that makes me feel so <laughs> old. Um, and, it's experience, darling. And I was also one of the first voices on what is now Five Life Radio Five back in the day. Wow. Um, then I joined GWR. I went to the Chilton Network. Um, I've been at TFM. Red Dragon was my first program controlling mm-hmm. gig. It's now obviously Capital um, Galaxy, uh, which is now Kiss. All these radio stations that were something and now something else. Um, a stint at The Wave in Blackpool, Signal One in Stoke, uh, The Wave in Swansea Sound. I was MD of Bridge FM in uh, South Wales for a bit. Uh, I ran Nation Radio for a while. I've done loads of stuff.
0: Wow, I love it. And now you are a new talent coordinator and doing the... Uh, the on the Breeze the, of Salador. And, yeah, and how's that I going?
1: Absolutely love.
0: Perfect. And uh, Greenslade, Neil, love.
1: For for me, it was, I I got into radio being like a a street character for GWR called Hungry Had. It was like a kid's character that would go out about and and do wacky, ridiculous things at the weekend. Uh, I then got into uh, Galaxy in Bristol and I was a presenter there for a period of time. Got my first management gig uh, when I was 27 in Birmingham, running a stage called Choice, which is Capital Extra now. Uh, Stayed around for quite a long time in Birmingham actually and and ran Galaxy uh, and then went to London, worked at Leicester Square, so got the chance a lot of music programming actually Mm. which I really enjoyed and sort of moved away from on air to much more more sort of management side of things but back at Nation now and and doing a bit of on air as well which is always good absolutely yeah
0: um so Neil you've never actually we've never worked together have we me and you unfortunately
1: not no when's it gonna happen I know I don't know
0: (laughs) hopefully in the future but you were sort of very significant with my journey into Capital, because you were the programme controller at Red Dragon, as it was. That's right, I took on Red Dragon at the end of it, yeah, and then
1: uh, I had about a year of of Capital in South Wales as well, so uh, I remember Cam and Sally were just leaving, and we were talking to yourself and Matt about Mm. putting you on breakfast, and then I actually made the move uh, to work for Mark, actually, over here at Nation, uh, and left Capital, but you know, Capital had a a great journey and good time there.
0: Yeah, it was amazing, and Mark, I met you when I was, well, you were my... Were you my boss?
2: Yeah, I was. Was you? Uh, the first <laughs> time I ever met you, it was in Neath when Town & Country Broadcasting as yes. was, yep. uh, was based there and you were doing a cover show on Nation and it was in a tiny, tiny box little studio. Do you remember? I remember it. Uh, and I came into the studio to say hello to you and you were there. Oh, gosh. Your track is on, your hair was all over the place and With your feet were on the desk. I'm like, I like this girl. Feet <laughs> yeah. are like on the girl. desk.
0: Nothing's <laughs>
1: changed us,
0: has <laughs> it? Just, <is> just, <laughs> like, just doing a cover show, just totally casual. Well, look, some questions um, or some of the go-to questions that listeners ask me about uh, when we play music on capital are you allowed to pick your own music Absolutely can you play not. my friend's band can you play my new favorite song can you play the foo fighters on capital breakfast for my husband's birthday tomorrow and uh, these are all the questions that i get asked on a daily basis right now you guys have both had you know these long colorful careers uh within music radio tell us the answer and why is it and i obviously know i uh, know it's a no but why is it
2: well it, it's really quite simple in many ways um i remember a time when uh i was working at galaxy and it had just become a regional radio station covering the southwest and south wales and i don't know the actual reasons why because i am absolutely sure there was a system that could schedule music for you um but we were only given the playlist songs that we had to play so all the oldies we could choose ourselves um that's fine but unfortunately when i was picking my oldies i'm a big 80s fan so Mm -hmm. i was playing a lot of 80s kind of sort of dance stuff. But then there was a guy in, in Bristol, quite a legendary guy there called Tristan B, who was into R and B. So his show was just full of R and B. So every show you listened to sounded completely different from the other because everyone was just playing their own favourite songs. There was no sort of u- uniform sound to the radio. Station. And there's no
0: consistency then with the brand, almost, is there? Uh, yeah, completely.
2: So over the years, you know, radio stations have had to marginalize and actually dictate what songs are played, both from a a format point of view, because obviously different radio stations got different formats. KISS is different to Capital, to Nation, to The Breeze. They're all different brands uh, with different promises of what they need to do and deliver musically. And so you ultimately need one person responsible for that, making the decision on what the listeners want to hear that you're targeting
1: well you want to give it a, a station sound you don't yeah. want everyone to a sound the same and you want to make sure that throughout your output you're not hearing the same song say that the breakfast show presenter loves is what the drive time it needs to have a nice flow through the hours of music whilst listening and you, you don't want you know maybe too many female artists together too many male artists together slow songs. too many slow <clears> songs <throat> too many fast songs it needs to with using g selector that we all use it needs to schedule the music in such a way that it's giving you a nice cross-section of what you're about during the the hour um, and yeah, not just putting your favorite songs on the air. Otherwise, uh, can you just
0: imagine if that was me on Capital? I mean, it would I'd be
1: I'd probably, the Foo Fighters, probably.
0: Yeah, I'll <laughs> play the Foo Fighters. I know, right? Do you, actually, thinking about it, you know, when you say that you, you were allowed to pick your own music, you know, back in the day, I don't think I'd want the pressure of that it's now. It's actually
1: a pain. I would find it, it now was. going into a studio doing that a pain because Absolutely. you are literally having to spend more time on the things that don't matter, although the music is. Yeah. Most important part of obviously the music station yeah however sitting there and choosing the music compared to having it done for you you can focus on the content rather than worrying about the next set of songs you've got to play
0: absolutely yeah. but tell us about the the secret world of these music schedulers and these you know music researchers because there is an art as you say to put in you know certain songs in certain places at the top of the hour out of breaks there are set rules and it's frowned upon to move these around because of the you know meticulous planning of where these songs goes. but I mean, how does that all work? Can you give us an insight into you know, what those, those music scheduling meetings are like?
2: Well, one of the main reasons that it would be frowned upon, uh, essentially, is because if you move something or change something, what you're doing is you're undoing somebody's work
0: very true you're
2: you're almost insulting the job they're employed to do yeah Um, but not only that you know this person is experienced in probably looking at music research using that as a tool Mm. to decide on what to play Um, and their job is as Neil mentioned earlier flow is very important and making the radio station flow really well so all the songs kind of sit well next to each other and they have a sound about them and they make the radio station Uh, jump out the speaker at you in terms of I know I'm listening to Capital, I know I'm listening to Nation, I know I'm listening Mm. to The Breeze, for example. Um, If presenters start playing around with that, there is a good chance they'll get it wrong, and I would say nine times out of ten, they do.
1: Yeah. And actually, the computer, although it does schedule stuff, there's lots of rules in place for every song. It might be the temper of a song, it might be if the song is part of a group. There's lots of information that goes into each song. The scheduler, through G-Selector, schedules all that music. But on top of that, you need to go in afterwards, and it does take that human element to go through and say, that song sits well next to that one, next to that one, and then flow through all the hours of music. And it's quite a complex job. It's not just you know sticking a load of songs in and letting the computer speak bit out loads of music. There's a lot that goes into it So do you
0: have scenes. like sort of <clears throat> meetings together? Do you sit round a table and you totally. listen to these songs? I, I, I think
1: every group does it slightly different. I, you know when I for instance was at Global i yeah. sit in Leicester Square with the likes of Richard Park and Ashley and, and, and Mike and people other people I work with PDs and we'd sit there and we'd debate new music and that was quite exciting to get the chance yeah. to air your view on a new song. You're obviously having conversations as Mark has and I have with the music industry. On a regular basis they will talk to you and play you the new music music and you'll make a decision from that where it should end up on maybe which radio brand uh, and then of course it gets further on you're looking at where that record might sit in terms of the a list or the b list and there are different lists depending on so what is it what is the is.
0: a list and b list and c list
2: uh essentially it's it's levels of output that you give a song so for example uh, a song on the A-list might get you 50 plays a week, guaranteed. A song on the B-list might get you 30. A song on the C-list might get you 10. So it's all about oh. how much exposure you want to dedicate to a certain song.
0: Right, so when artists are like, yeah, we've just made the A-list on Radio 1 or Nation mm. or Capital, then that's, that's a good thing way. because you're Absolutely. like, yeah. Yeah, totally. but it, it's, yeah.
2: It's the number of plays that are yeah. dedicated to a certain track that you've committed to. So if, if a radio program, and music programmer puts whatever song on the a-list it means they absolutely believe in it they yeah. think it's right for their brand they want their audience to love it as much as they do and they think it's a winner
1: and some songs do go straight onto the a-list it might be something that's core for your radio brand and i'm i'm not just talking about nation or breeze we're all talking about general radio mm. and that pretty much is some songs that land will go straight to the a-list well, like
0: say, so if Ed Sheeran brings out something tomorrow would a capital would be like A-list put it on there now
1: yeah pretty much yeah okay. I mean different stations in different ways some stations have like a new music category where every week they're putting say three or four new songs they believe in straight into the new category because again back to that music scheduling thing you don't want on certain brands a lot of new music that's unfamiliar to the audience all at once but equally you don't want a lot of older stuff that people go well where is your station sound of the new music as well it depends what radio station you're running to how you see that music how Hour being put together. So although the playlist meetings that we talked about are all the same up and down the country pretty much, in terms of how that hour might look is gonna depend, like Mark said, on the different brands that you work for.
0: Our demographic is pretty much 15 to 25. It's female, so you know if there's a new Beyonce song or Dua Lipa or Ed and you know yeah. it's going you know to bang. Whereas, like, I would say, maybe on The Breeze, and correct me if I'm wrong, and Nation Radio, surely that's harder. Like how how would you judge that? We, we yep.
1: use uh, a system in the music industry uh, that they use, and radio, called Radio Monitor, and I can pull up any radio station up down the country and yeah. look at all the music they're playing. I can look at their top 10 most played songs. I can look at songs they've just added that week. I can look at the hour-by-hour music they play as well. So I already get... An an indication if a, a record promoter comes in and talks about a new song where it's being played ah. at the moment and you get a feeling across UK radio generally about that song yeah okay. but you've got to have a, a good set of ears for a new song yeah you, you know and, and
0: is does that what generally happens to mark like would you listen to like other stations to think oh yeah they're playing that so maybe we should put it on our
1: um, I have done yeah I've done in the
2: past definitely because mm. sometimes you're not exposed to everything through the music pluggers or something may have slipped through the net that you just haven't heard before Yeah, and you might hear it on say Radio 2 or Radio 1 and kind of go oh that might sound good within the mix of, of what we're we're trying to achieve and yeah. you don't want to be
1: alone either on a song not you know well. there <laughs> might be a song coming out there that we're the only ones playing it and some people would say well that's great that's giving you a point of difference but the flip side of that is you're playing a song that's probably not going to be a hit which yeah. you don't want and and you know big artists want to be across multiple platforms multiple stations these days don't they not just on, on one, one station it's great if Capital are playing it it's better if Radio 1 are adding to that as well and on a regional level it's great if Breeze and Nation in this market are also obviously on that as well
2: I mean there are very 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 few artists that manage to get a playlist on say Radio 1 Radio 2 and say 6 music at the same time last year one artist managed that and I think it's the first time it's ever happened actually and that's Arcade Fire uh, with everything there. Ah. Uh, they managed to actually get all three, but normally if Radio 2 go with something, Radio 1 tend not to. Ah, right, versa. okay. Um, but they managed to sweep the board, which is, you know, a great indication of what a great song that is. Absolutely. There's been some really
1: interesting, I think, recently, where Radio 1 and Radio 2 are playing some of the same kind of songs, mm-hmm. That, you, but it's like you say, it's odd songs it's now. Very it's It's not, yeah. you know, the, because you want them to be different.
0: So you listen to other radio stations to figure out what's going to be a hit, perhaps, but then what about listening to, you know, your target audience, like the listeners? There's... there's this big rumour that me and Matt always talk about, that music schedulers in London um, hire out big sort of cinema screens and they bring in their target audience and they sit them down and then when they play a new song to them, they watch their face reactions. <laughs> like, <laughs> is that a thing? There's is This this is ways, music testing to the, there, there to are, the there max. Are,
2: there are lots of ways of how you can get <laughs> music research done. What you're talking about there is almost like auditorium testing. Yes, um, yeah the, the, the <laughs> rumour I will dispel right for you here okay. is the fact that they won't just look at their faces and go we'll take him <laughs> so and a, yeah. it's a little bit
0: more okay. clinical than imagine you've so been involved
2: in yeah there was a
1: system you? called Mixmaster and it literally it's like what you said there you sit everybody in an auditorium your target audience the people you want to be listening to your radio station and you put dials and they literally turn it to the left if they really dislike the song and, and right around to the right if they absolutely love it but there's all of the bits in between it's not familiar to me I've never heard it or I don't I liked it but I'm sick of hearing it so then you get what they call a burn score on a, sco- on a song so you can see that actually although they like it the loves have gone away so it's very complex yeah. research but some of that does go on that some is true then online music research we've done that for a while here where you know we're literally asking the core audience of so yeah. the nation what songs they love what songs they're fed up of what they want to hear more of what they want to hear less of and so there's lots of ways like Mark said of doing music research so, mm. the, so it does exist yes you are right
0: it yeah. does
2: but not in the form that, that you you what did. But the thing watch their faces as well is that there are some radio groups that will use it as an absolute bible so actually if these set of numbers say what they do then our output is going to be based 100% based on what this report tells us but then you get other programmers and I come from this school of thought mm. where actually you use it as a tool not a bible because I think it has to have some human intervention in there somewhere yeah it has to have a bit of gut feel as well because you do know your audience you do know your radio station you do know what you're trying to achieve you know your radar history so actually you need a bit of what you think in there as well and don't just look at the numbers and go that's a really high score of loves so i'm going to play that to death for the next six weeks because actually you might be doing the wrong thing yeah
0: as music schedulers or you know program controllers you get the massive privilege of hearing new music first is it all proper military under wraps you know operation oh, it can
1: be. i um i heard a song uh, recently if it was last week by a record company came in and uh, an office full of people outside and they wanted me it was this new Zane single actually I took oh, the headphones it? on and listened to it without anybody else hearing it they were that worried that other people would either have something recording in the background no or way. it was just being played on a, a unit there rather than everyone else hearing it yeah. they really were under wraps with it and I think part of that is to get a bit of excitement going for the artist uh, so I feel okay. quite special on hearing it the reality is I'm hearing a ton of music like Mark has over the years I'm hearing so much music it doesn't excite me that much and also the reality is that Zane single is not
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not that good. But so there related. are
1: examples of that, definitely. And, you know, the, the, the radio pluggers are a great bunch of people that service radio groups up and down the country. They will come in and they will play the new music, so maybe the new album from Justin Timberlake. Right. Play you highlighted tracks from that. Recently, last week, I got to hear from a guy called Bobby played me some of the new uh, Sam Smith stuff coming up. Uh, I, wow. I meet pluggers all the time and, and get to hear those Do you songs. have to sign,
0: like, disclaimer forms to mm, say that you won't? Um... No,
1: what they do send no? you, though, is watermarks. Um, CDs or watermark tracks so that if you were to let that track leak and expose that on you know they would be like, able to know it's they from they it from you you yeah. absolutely track it back so you don't, oh, you're edge, kidding. You don't share music at all that no wow. but it is, it is a privilege for, yeah. like you know we say to be able to listen to music first but I think these days music comes out so fast onto Spotify Apple Music yeah. and, and the likes we're all hearing it pretty much the same we're staying in date now isn't it yeah. so we get stuff in the radio industry
2: on the day it gets released to the yeah. public
0: now or it gets um, leaked so- and then you're like right we'll get it in the playlist yeah. as soon as yeah. possible it's
2: one of the days now you get something eight weeks up front and then it's released to the public. It just doesn't work like that anymore. The world's yeah. changed.
0: I know you got that um, that um Adele story when she had her album launch. Yeah,
2: I had a call uh, from her record label and they said, uh, we want to get you to London uh, to play you her new album, which was 21. And I'm yeah, yeah, that's fine. um you know, What, a train? No, 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 we're, we're going to send a car to pick you Now, bear in mind, I live in Cardiff. <laughs> they sent a car to Cardiff, drove me all the way to London. I got there, it was just me and two other guys from the record company and they just played me the album. They went through the plot, uh, Rolling in the Deep was gonna be the first single. Yeah. Um, and and they just let me hear the whole thing. And I left that room thinking, wow, I have yeah. just heard this is before hit- Christmas of the year, it, uh, before it came out. And I remember thinking, I've just heard the New Adele album, for anybody else. And that see, that really is so special. cool. Yeah, it was.
0: That I really is. I think there is. are
1: moments that you look back that, like that for Adele that you will always remember. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, they, those are great moments that you feel privileged to be doing the jobs that we all do and making a difference. You know, when you see somebody new as an artist and you keep on going with them, you keep playing future songs, there's an excitement with that. There really is.
0: And, you know, are these are these album and song launches, are they still a thing? I mean, they're, they're quite rare these days, aren't they? Because, I mean, we never, me and Matt on Capital and our producer i mean no one from our programming team goes but obviously because we're from south wales and they've obviously got everyone in london but well, what about you guys bring
1: people from the regions i mean i went to a snow patrol gig the other week which i really enjoyed they played tracks off the new album to a, a to a, an audience in islington and on top of that they played some of the, the classic songs as well yeah. which was brilliant and you do get invited to some of the what they call showcases yeah and they literally showcase an artist a group a band uh and play some of their new material but i uh, like everybody else, it's always good to hear the hits on the past the snow patrol was definitely one of those for me well, yeah I think yeah the, yeah
2: the, the, the point here is that showcase they do still happen on a regular basis yeah um, but they just happen now more in the UK uh, back when we were first starting out as programmers my goodness me the free trips abroad that we used to get to go in <laughs> no and, way you know, I have, yeah. I've done New York
1: Atlantis um, to see Francisco, who New just... Orleans I've done everything well didn't you go to see Pink in LA and Stop. then you got the flight and you ended up going somewhere else because there was another one on the week after when in you San Francisco went... yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it was amazing
2: Santana in New Orleans was great I've what? seen the Backstreet Boys in Copenhagen so you you
1: and I went to Paris to see Omar do you remember yeah. him yeah and we went to Britney Spears and she didn't even show up because she was too That's hungover right. she was ill you're yeah, kidding so, went went so you went Paris all the way to... to went to Paris flown out there great time and then she didn't <laughs> show up because that. she was ill but
0: <laughs> but why has that changed then?
1: Expensive It's expensive man. Yeah yeah.
0: Because you went there What she had a new album Or just a new single And you would come you
2: celebrate back the for Celebrate the album Celebrate the album It could be yeah. a concert That the record company right. Would to go and see somebody Whoa. like Because they're so good um, But the music industry is tra- I mean speak to anyone Who works in a record company now And they don't make as much money Right As they used to Because it's just changed The world has changed People yeah. don't buy Physical stuff as much anymore It's nearly all downloads Yeah And also with the Advent of Spotify Google Music mm-hmm. Apple Music people are consuming it in a different way so the music industry have had to kind of rebuild their model to adapt to those changes yeah. and so the the champagne days as I call them they're kind of long gone now because they just can't afford to do it anymore
1: but they do oh. want you to come and see the artist which is lovely and yeah. you will get the call every now and every couple of weeks who so there's an artist coming up uh, would you like it? What I find running a station here in Wales is it's great when we get the artists on the road. So we've got a little mm. session room downstairs. Yeah. And recently we used that for Callum Scott and we did like an up close and personal with him. We put him in a bar because I believe people love seeing live music. Yeah. Let's get listeners involved in that. And, and those are great things. And we do get a bit of that as well, which is still nice.
0: Have you ever had any songs in before and you're listening to them and you thought, nah, that's that's going to bomb. But actually it <laughs> banged in the charts and you just thought, oh, that was a mistake.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I because I know that would happen to me all the time because I always love a song, and then Matt and my producer are like, no, that's not very good. And and lo and behold, it's out of the top 40, you know, the next week. And I'm thinking, what? I really like that song. I've
2: probably done it loads, to be fair, but the one that always sticks in my head because it really was such a stupid bloody mistake.
0: Oh, um, gosh, what I did you do? I remember hearing for the
2: first time a song, and I just thought, this is ridiculous. It's crap compared to their previous i'm not going to playlist it okay and my presents this is a red dragon my presents at the time were like we've got to play this song it's going to be huge i'm like no it's, it's a load of crap it's not even going to be a hit <laughs> that song was never ever by the all saints and i think <laughs> as they say the rest is history yeah so i had to eat my words oh no but that opening line though a few questions i need to know you don't yeah. need to know questions you need to know answers oh, very true <laughs> come on
0: <laughs> what about you neil or maybe you've you've, you've... i've
1: made some real messed up <laughs> no, no I made, I've, 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 I've bought some things over the time I remember this is an artist thing so it's, it's music related but going to one of the presenters in one of the studios <laughs> explaining that we've got a new artist I can't remember the artist was at the point to, to they got their prep ready to do the interview we have done the session <laughs> and I walked downstairs and it's Rick Astley from back in the day sat in reception I have got the wrong artist oh gosh so I, so I had to run back upstairs. <laughs> so Rick hold on a second with the, with the plugger ran the studio said right scrap the notes you got for this artist it's not X it's Actually, Rick Astley says, Go and do this, and those sort of moments happen. I'm, there was another one recently, uh, about six months ago, where we had a session downstairs. and I'm looking at the guy because the engineer was away, <laughs> thinking the whole session's recorded, it's not. And I'm moments from the artist then saying, Can we have a listen to that back? I'm thinking, Right, we need to get you into the studio. I've listened to it, none of it recorded.
0: <gasps> oh, and no. that is, you
1: know, one of those moments. There's lots of those That's things happening to me, it's horrible. Yeah. yeah, I just hope Kelly Clarkson never finds
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To be fair, you've got a very important job because it's what. Especially on capital, people listen to it for the for the music. If you get it wrong, do you agree that radio would suffer?
1: So I think if you constantly get it wrong, absolutely. Yeah. I think you, if you're pretty smart, you'll be looking at the track and how it's doing. You get a feeling, you know, after some plays, how it's fitting into the station. And for me, I'm sure Mark's the same. If I make a mistake, I will pull it and go, "That was the wrong thing to do." Mm. But equally, I make we can all make mistakes where you go, "We we want we weren't going to add that song," but you know what? adding it now is that it will only help the audience so it's putting your hands up and going you can't be right 100% of the time and just being flexible
0: obviously yeah being flexible
1: but hopefully 80% of the time you are right and you do predict what songs will be big and I think both me and Mark have got a good ear for music and and Mm. we know what songs will work for the brand for the audience uh, and and feels right to, to do well but it goes back to
2: something that you said at the start of this conversation as well. You know, you don't want to be on your own with a song either. No. You know, when the music industry come in now and they plug you, whatever it might be, one of the first things that will normally say is, you know, what's the plot? You know, have they got magazine coverage? Have they got any prime time TVs to back this up? Um, are other radio stations going to play it? Because you, you, like, you've got the new Louisa single, for example. You do not want to be the only radio station playing it. Because if nobody else is, you kind of go.
1: There must mm-hmm. be a reason
2: for that. Why, yeah. Why are we on our own? Um, and that's where you have to kind of divorce your own personal likes of a song versus yeah. what the audience at large may want to hear. Sure. So if a song has got a really great plot, they're doing, I don't know, massive TVs, they're going to be, a, like the video's going to land any moment soon, you kind of look at that and go, well, that's probably a, a good reason why we should back that because capital R, KISS R, Radio 1R, Radio 2R, and you're not on your own.
1: And of course, it's not just about the new music, Polly. It's all about the you know, the recurrence, the songs that may be up to 12 months um old now that you need to be playing still for us at Nation there's songs from the 90s and 80s and 90s Mm. that we need to be playing as well so you're making a decision constantly about all music you're playing not just about the currents either so actually the role of a you know music scheduler and head of music whichever you want to call it it's quite an involved job and daily you're looking at that you're listening to new music I listen to a lot of new music at home or in the car before I come into work because actually when I'm in work my ears and my attention are on the program controller role and same with you You've done it
2: I think your job though at Nation is really difficult because you have got such a wide breadth of music yeah it is if you're playing you know Louis Fonzie and Daddy Yankee you need to make sure the song before and the song afterwards is actually going to make that work yeah. which goes back to flow again because you can't just have any old thing coming off the back—it sounded like a car crash. Absolutely. Yeah. Although
0: when I was on Nation, it would have been Justin Bieber into John Bon Jovi, and then—and <laughs> <laughs> I did quite like that because that's my, that's literally my 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 iTunes.
2: That, hang on, was Polly, we need to have a conversation about this. That <laughs> was see, definitely my... not authorised.
0: <laughs> very true, very true. Going back to how you were saying you have to make an executive decision. There was a relationship with a radio plugger, and you had to play a song which possibly wasn't that popular but playing that song meant that you had access to other that does um,
1: happen absolutely because for you know I can speak where we're currently at is that some songs will be guaranteed you can't guarantee any song but will end up on the radio station because it's the right thing to do for the audience for the sound of the station There are some songs that end up on different playlists on lower rotations that you do because you might be doing like here, we do a lot of events up and down all over well. So literally we'll support some of that so we can get acts for gigs. But if you did too much of that, you'll have a radio station that will end up on the floor. It won't work. So you have gotta be very careful and you gotta be selective. But certainly we try and support some of those artists A because they deserve to be supported but actually there are deals to be done to you know get artists to Mm. gigs and that kind of thing as well and and with a group of stations you can do that and that does happen yeah yeah and that happens everywhere. So, like, to yeah, like, so
0: for, like, a, yeah, so, like, a radio plugger would come in and they'd be like, look, we'll give you this artist, but you're going to have to play two of these artist that, songs to actually, maybe, no? Not
1: quite in those harsh words, okay. but it's kind <laughs> of like, look, I'll tell you what, if we're going to support this. However, if there's a chance, an opportunity of us doing something with maybe another artist then is that possible? And we've supported other things to make some of those things happen Ah, as well. So maybe not quite as direct as that, but you're on the right track, absolutely, (laughs) that things like that do happen to... Yeah,
2: and if you've got an artist doing an event for you, why wouldn't you want to play their music? Yeah, Yeah, very true. Because they're
1: doing an event for you and you want
2: to promote that. Mm. make the audience feel good about it so you yeah you absolutely will do
1: and I think it's getting harder because there are a few groups left out there you know actually we've got the opportunity to play some of these songs and and hopefully make a difference right now but there aren't many groups left doing this no I think the music yeah.
2: industry are finding it really hard mm-hmm. now it's certainly taking new music away you know how do you break a new artist now I think Dua Lipa is probably the success story over the last 12 months in terms of breaking homegrown talent um, who's done exceptionally well, not just here, but also she's doing really well in the US at the moment. Yeah, um,
0: And she didn't come from a talent show or anything no, like that? No, so she, no, you know. she
2: completely organically grown. She is signed to Warners, and somebody at Warners basically took, him, took her under his wing yeah. uh, and developed her uh, as a new artist. And wow. you know, she's doing exceptionally well. Yeah. But as the, the industry shrinks further, and I'm sure there's probably going to be more consolidation over the next 12, mm. 18 months with certain groups, Where do record pluggers go to try and get their new music away? It's going to be harder and harder for them. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Who out of you two have got the most gold discs on your wall? (laughs) Mark's pointing to Neil. He
1: doesn't put (laughs) as many on display as me. So (laughs) I I think there's a. I love them, and and do you know what? They aren't the most expensive things in the world to produce. That if I was told once, they're about I don't know 70, 80 quid yeah. or something. I mean, they are but so do you cool. Know what? They are the coolest things. Yeah. They are. And there's nothing better than walking in, in any radio station I've worked at before, and Mark's the same. Walking to reception, and you see that box, and you immediately know <laughs> that it's a disc for you from an artist. <laughs> but what you don't know until you, least uh, you turn it around or open up. Is who it's for. So my most recent one, I did get Dua Lipper actually, and I opened it. I was like, "That's." And when it was a beautifully presented disc with a picture and all of that. And Mark, you've got some classic ones, haven't you?
2: I've got, I've got a few on my wall. I've got Ed Sheeran, Adele, Amy Winehouse. I've got a few up there. Robbie. Amy's got great legs
1: Snug-troll. on her, yeah. She's got <laughs> she great pair of legs. But
0: I mean, why are they so special and important special still to get I them? I think
1: they're quite hard. Not everybody gets them, and they're quite selective when they do hand them out. You know that if they're handing them out, that artist has done really well. So you would have supported them from the early yeah. days right through. It's impressive to see a disc of an artist that you love, and we all love music. That's why we're doing what we do. And to have a presented disc with your name on it with an artist that you love. And how
0: many? I Copies they've sold of it, right? It's just impressive,
1: mm-hmm. and, and I think you know. Over time, I look back like Mark does at yours, I'm sure, and think of the artists <laughs> that you've seen at the start of their career to where they are now. And I've got some obscure ones from, you know. Uh, the early days of like Shaggy, uh, Outcast. Well, the thing so with Craig Neil, David thing right with, across. The thing with
2: Neil, if you get to Neil's house, he's got a little corridor to his kitchen. I was about to say, and either side is just two walls filled with discs. But every time a new one comes in, someone has well, to we'll get, get relegated. The... Oh, no. So I
1: think the last one to get bin was Eternal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Eternal year because the... years and years it presented a really nice one to me, so I, I put that one on the wall. Yeah, but people do still get them, and they are lovely, and they're they're, they're, they're I think they are really special and
0: yeah. important for the industry as well. It's like a sort yeah. of fe- like a very if I tick, isn't it? So that you've done your job really well. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact
1: that we're all talking about it now is great for that music company to go. Do you know what? It's it's worth them producing those discs because they do get hmm. you know shown off in, in, in different places and, and people love them.
0: But you people walking into your house, Neil, must think that you're a big Grammy-selling artist well, or if something someone, like that. You know, <laughs> like some what did of their you do 20s, back in the day? If, if I
1: have my sister and her friends <laughs> over there, late twenties, they walk in, they think I'm the coolest person on earth because I know everything <laughs> about music. Uh, but equally, they'll go, "Who's that?" And I'm like, "Well, oh, that was Mariah back in the day." Blue <laughs> (laughs) so yeah it's a quite a a wide selection of discs
0: yeah absolutely moving to a different sort of direction slightly i want to talk about major news stories right and when a radio station is in automation which happens quite a lot now um at nation radio for example uh, the sort of evenings overnights are they pretty much automated most yeah, of the it's, time
1: it's really easy to make that change though and yes there's a lot of recorded programming mm. going on on stations not just here but up another country but if you're not broadcasting say from leicester square or, or bower and everything then yeah at some at most smaller groups they literally automate uh you've got a live program up not you on the evening we're live 10 yeah. yeah and then
2: we're automated from 10 till 6
1: yeah but the great thing is if somebody or great thing but if somebody was to pass away sadly like I think of recently George Michael I was at home I mm. saw the story break I can literally dial into what we call RCS which is our um, our broadcast software and I can make the change immediately or if there was uh, to be a big news item and i thought the music was not appropriate for that story that was going on i would go into all my stations and make changes and you can do that just
0: from sitting I at home on, on your laptop phone. yeah oh, i could
1: do it wherever and, it's incredible and as all radio software i believe you can dial into any of them now. yeah
2: absolutely it's it's not like it used to be yeah you, know, you have to kind of down tools and, and, and get ring somebody up yeah, yeah. yeah, to a radio yeah not at all not like that now at all you can you can dial in remotely and make any changes necessary you can Get rid of songs you can add songs you can remove links that are pre-recorded if you're in automation um and it buys you a bit of time if you do yeah. need to get somebody in there buys you time to do yeah. that as well so. and of
1: course you could you know you can voice track links in from your home as long as you've got oh. a decent mic and everything else which is great and and, and, and brilliant and you know, I know that at BBC, when, that when the snow hit recently, uh, there was a girl called Vicky that does some work for Mit Nation. She was doing her BBC Wells show from her home yeah. uh, elsewhere because she didn't get into work. So it's really handy with things like that, as well as changing music to be able to, you know, send shows in that way mm. as well. Yeah,
0: definitely. You're going to hate me for bringing this up, but although it's very easy nowadays, back when Princess Diana... Unfortunately, died. That wasn't the case for you, was it, Neil? We were at a
2: barbecue. Weren't we? We, <laughs> we were actually, yeah, in, a uh, in West Sussex, all yeah. places. Um, yeah, I, I remember that news coming through at like 4:30 in the morning, uh, as we all did, and uh, and I just remember getting a phone call from my uh, boss at Red Dragon at the time. I was just doing mm-hmm. the drive share. That was my my job. Um, saying, we need you back in Cardiff by four because we're not taking the chart today uh, for obvious reasons. We need you on air from four till seven. I just remember driving home, the whole journey from Sussex to uh, Cardiff, it was a long way, isn't it? It's a good few hours. Mm. Uh, Just thinking, I feel completely numb with this story. It's just how do you broadcast on a day like this? I was kind of listening around to other radio stations, seeing how they were uh, coping with it, and uh, nearly every single radio station, Radio One, um, all all stations that I, I GWR, it was just one link every couple of songs, just to say what the news was. Was it classical music? No, just quite sombre. Okay, very 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 mellow. Was it? mellow. Yeah. yeah, very much so. Apart from. Um, Galaxy in Bristol who didn't change their programming at all it was
1: still Gina G who was just a little bit playing out which wasn't appropriate it was still (laughs) that was your
0: station right
1: I wasn't running it I was a presenter on this so I don't have to claim that but
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) this is what I was (laughs) hankering for so when unfortunately you know now as you say like when George Michael passed away on Boxing Day you had the facility to sort of change the music within five minutes from your home and Mm. then you're playing his classic hits but you know back then obviously you didn't have that sort of luxury and Gina G starts playing out when that news is broadcast. Yeah,
1: and it's really inappropriate and really bad taste, and you've really got to, you know, to, nowadays that can't happen because you can dial in, like we said, but back then certain mistakes could have happened and did happen. Well, I was lucky because you know. when I was
2: at Red Dragon at that time, we had a RAM service which I think is now smooth, used to be all touch. And we had full service, 24 hour radio stations. So we had two people on site broadcasting anyway. And they handled that situation on air absolutely brilliantly. Mm. So we had live programming, so for us it, yeah. it didn't matter. Uh, they took the news, they broke the news, uh, and we, you know we instructed them from afar to tone the music right down. And, and that's exactly what they did until somebody of authority could get there and kind of take control of the situation.
1: But I remember actually with the George Michael story, I'm more than made up for after the Gina G incident because when George Michael did sadly pass away, I remember going straight to my uh, office room upstairs, changing the music all the stations, and then 10 minutes later, Radio 2 did so i ha- actually beat any other station I and I got the nice credit for that from somebody I think as well did so oh, acting perfect. fast is yeah. really important yeah, it is. and you know with um, with any event that's coming up you know you, you've got to be on it all the time but well, it's know. like
0: you know Twitter gets the news straight away and then you know yeah. for us and a lot of people will turn on the radio or turn on the TV to find out what the latest is isn't it well
2: Twitter does but you do have to be very careful sometimes and, and just make sure that it is it is, not it like is.
0: yes I'm absolutely yeah.
1: oh tonight so about somebody passing away did you see who was that correlation yeah street? but it's not true I couldn't find it no I so learned it a yeah. hoax. And I'm yeah. thinking, you've got to be so careful, you know. You know yeah,
0: yeah. It's yeah.
2: great, but it's also, it has its downsides. Yeah, check well. and check again.
0: I've never been on air when we've broken, you know, something as tragic as that, you know, when it is a royal, perhaps, or any major, you know, death of a royal. But how, how long did you play the music for? Like the, the somber toned down music for?
2: I think most radio stations I think I'm right saying nearly all radio stations took the coverage of the funeral. Um and the decision was she died on the Sunday and the funeral I think it was the following Saturday. Um and it was a decision decision to make do we lift the mood of the radio station up to bring it back down again for the weekend or do we kinda of leave it at this level sure. for the week. Judging the mood of the nation, most mm-hmm. people were still feeling quite down about it. So we took the decision to, to stay down and thank God we did because I was on the air on the Friday, yeah, um, and the 7 o'clock news bulletin kicked in, and Mother Teresa had died. And you're like, oh, double whammy. Whoa,
0: I just, remember uh, that.
2: Yeah. And then I went on holiday to Benidorm the following day with you. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <What's the laughs> hell, I need to get out of this country. There's more of a fruitful past with yeah. you two.
0: What about when the, for example, like when the Queen dies, we've all got, you know, protocol to follow. But then how long, you know, classical music and stuff, how long does that play out for them? it's
1: going to be a very interesting one, isn't it? Because I think, you know, we're all going to be very somber when that obviously happens. And I think it will be interesting how long we do all all go along. And I think you've got to judge the mood of people. You really will. And I think you'll look at... What, what the general feeling is in radio and I think so many conversations will be happening that you're going to have to play it day by day, literally, because yes. it could be uh, as, mm. as short as a week it may be two weeks, maybe may be three weeks, it, it's really hard but a different, you know, it, it's, it's going to be hard to judge it, it is. Because if you make the wrong call, you're never going to be
2: forgiven for it. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's always, always, always erring on the side of caution and being overcautious. I'd rather get a complaint for being overcautious yeah. from a listener than somebody complaining that actually we've been disrespectful.
0: Absolutely, yeah i'm just thinking about my experience actually it was the manchester ariana grande Mm. bombings and that was the first time for me where we had to really really go through all of the songs and it wasn't just the tone it was like the lyrics of them as well and i remember you know we had emails from london it was like you know any songs that you think are inappropriate or that may cause offense or you know if parents are listening just affected everyone
1: absolutely especially
0: you know capital listeners
1: it's not just looking at title of a song but it's thinking within that song listening and double checking the words within it because actually it might say Bruno's Grenade so you think that's obviously not appropriate but it might be something Mm. else by Clean Bandit you think actually those words in that song are really not appropriate as well you have yeah. already got to listen, and it's not, it's
2: not just in that scenario. It's not just the music as well. It is also the presentation, isn't it?
1: Mm. Uh, that goes yeah. with that because the day
2: after that happened, it's just it's not a day to be funny. Um, no. So you almost have to you know, not just tone modify the music, down. you have to modify mm. how you sound in your tone and what you do as a present as a, a presenter as well, uh, because it all goes in the the final mix.
1: It's the hardest time I think for any presenter to be on the air to, to have to go through that. Mm. Absolutely, it is. Then I'll make sure we've checked everything, and we yeah. will have a conversation about do we think this song feels right or not. And and I'm as a programmer, I. I do listen to people and think, actually, they've got a point and uh, let's not do that. Um, Mm. Equally, you make the overall decision. That's what you're paid to do. But you have a feeling around the office and have a conversation about it.
2: Yeah. I mean, for us at The Breeze, it was a lot easier because the mix of music we play is quite relaxing anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So our job really was to go through and just make sure we took out, as you said, any potential lyrical offence or any songs that were glaringly wrong uh, Mm. to be playing after the aftermath of that dreadful attack.
0: Um, one final question then before before I love you and leave you and this is a question actually which which was talked about on my Twitter this morning and it was something along the lines of Paul I've heard Dua Lipa three times now during the breakfast show <laughs> um, yeah music rotation and recently I've just been to America as well and the music rotation oh is, it's another level mm. it's, it's another level mm. Go on then, explain explain why this happens. Because oh. I know you've got a good analogy of this, haven't you?
2: Okay, well, I've got a question for you then. Okay. So, you do a breakfast show every day. Yes. How long is your breakfast show?
0: Uh, it's four hours long.
2: Okay, and how many breakfast shows do you do? Well,
0: I do one each no, you day.
2: Don't. You do 16. Because we measure audience listening radar, in rajar terms every 15 minutes. So you need to be, keep people listening basically every 15 minutes. Yeah. The audience churn over that time, certainly at breakfast time where people are really busy, mm-hmm. they've got busy lives, either getting kids ready or trying to get themselves ready for work, they're getting to the car. They're doing a multitude of things first thing in the morning when they wake up. And your audience churning every 15 minutes means you need to be doing a different show every 15. So you need to be giving sense of day, something topical, um, the music needs to be right as well. So, you know, going back to the flow thing that you were talking about earlier, Neil, that needs to be right in that because mm. that might be the only time that the listener hears you that day. Yeah. And it needs to be right in those 15 minutes. And so, the reason that the high rotation kicks in is because there will be, of course, a section of your audience that's going to hear those songs on like, your P1s, yeah. uh, as we call them, we will hear them a lot. But your P2s, who you're trying to get to be P1s, and your P3s, if you're to to <laughs> P2s, um, they won't be hearing them as
1: often.
0: So, yeah. you
2: need to be playing the best songs. Often, In that little awesome.
0: segment.
1: And also the different reasons you might play a song even heavier, like you, you said do a there. Well tonight she was obviously playing Cardiff, so I yes. would expect a station like Capital and us to, to be playing that song probably a bit heavier than you normally would mm. if you're controlling the music locally. Um, and I think you know, depending on who that artist is, you're gonna hear them more frequently. And like Mark said, you're only hearing the radio, most listeners at short bursts of the time. We would love all radio pros to think that people listen to their station all day, every day without fail. The reality is not we all I Jump around the dial, listen to lots of radio stations. We do. yeah. And it's like television as
2: well. Yeah.
1: Nobody is just loyal to BBC One. Yeah. No. Nobody is just
2: loyal to ICV. People jump around and it's exactly the same with radio. So people that listen to you will probably, I would imagine, also share you with Radio One and Kiss. Yeah. I would guess maybe a bit yeah, absolutely. as well. Yeah. Um, people who listen to Breeze probably listen to a bit of Smooth, maybe a bit of Heart as well. Um, but no one is completely loyal to to one brand
1: and if they were and you'd have those massive listening hours you would relax the amount of times you play those songs because you're right people would be absolutely sick of them yes. the yeah. people that contact radio stations normally and it's great they do they're normally what we call really heavy listeners they're so loyal to that station they probably do listen for you know great long periods of time but especially like you said breakfast time they're listening for a little bit of time then they're going away and they're doing other things you know so you need to be playing those songs higher rotation absolutely and you know. so that
0: guy who tweeted me this morning actually I should hand him a Rayjardar shouldn't I? Because he's listening for It'd very long great. hours.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. Thank you very much to uh, to my guests on this uh, music episode. Uh, Mark Franklin, Neil Greenslade. It's lovely to see you once again. We have done this twice, by the way, because last time we were in a pub. <laughs> we did it in a pub. Once, <laughs> I know. We did it in a pub and we were no it was just the music so the, yeah. the, the qua- I wish we bloody well were the quality the quality was really bad and I'm with two <laughs> music programming controllers here no it's been fantastic thank you so 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 much thank for you. uh, for your time once again I really hope you enjoyed that one of my favourite ones to record actually not because I was joined by great company but just because I feel very fulfilled now with a lot of information that I didn't know beforehand um, it's one of those things as I mentioned before at the start of the episode you know you think you know so much about it being a music radio DJ but actually when you get to the nooks and crannies of it and you speak to these uh, professionals uh, they tell you a lot more and give you a much better insight you know can't be playing your own music because the brand needs to stay consistent all right but look any other questions you've got Neil and Mark they're both on Twitter and I'm sure they wouldn't mind you tweeting them Uh, any other advice that you need from them if you are thinking about you know getting into the music side of things radio plug in that type of thing then get in touch and you know if you just want to send us a message you can do that as well I'm at Polly James on Twitter, but of course you can rate and review on iTunes or whatever platform that you're listening to this uh, episode on. But thank you once again to Omni Studio. They are my podcasting hosts and radio today for being the most amazing support uh, ever and uh, getting this podcast out to the people who need to hear it the most. Uh, So thank you once again. We're back next week with the final episode. Getting into radio with Neil Sloan, the Communical group programmer, uh, my boss here at uh, Capital South Wales, and also my agent, Chris North. They're both good buddies. They were both fresh from the SRA conference when we recorded it. Uh, So some great advice. So hopefully you can join me again for that one. But in the meantime, continue to subscribe and download all the other previous episodes and I'll catch you next week. I'll see you then. 10 things I love about you. My Decade in Radio by Polly James. Supported by Radio Today.